Good evening and welcome to a brand new edition of Fundamentals, an OKC UK podcast. I am your host, Tom Snowden, the founder of OKC UK. And this week, as always, Mr. Brandon Dale, my wonderful co-host, is joining me. How are you this week, sir? I'm doing well. It's hotter than you know what here. So trying to survive. It is hot here as well. And for us, this is like full-on summer and it's not it's not even that warm but we know it's as good as it's going to get so there's no complaints our end obviously you're looking very Ugh. some very sunburnt what going and watching it's softball baby softball which is just, <laughs> that's that's isn't that just baseball with a bigger ball yeah yeah you i thought it. it was i remember playing it in school but yeah, I saw the OK, uh, the Oklahoma team done well, so shout out to them. So the season's over since we last recorded. It's been a couple of weeks. We've had a couple of hectic weeks, personally, both of us. So we haven't been able to do our season-ending pod yet. But the season's over for the Thunder. Obviously, it was a kind of an abysmal watch towards the end of the season. It wasn't great viewing, but we got the job done and what we needed to do. So overall... We'll talk about the season after the first segment on what our thoughts for the season and the players, etc. But to start off with, I think we should give out some season awards. So the OKC UK Fundamental Season Rewards are going to start right now. Uh, we're both going to have our own shouts. It's not going to be a combined decision. So we, are, we have the Rookie of the Year. Obviously, we've had two of them this year. We have the Player of the Year, the Most Improved Player, the biggest surprise, and then a flop, flop of the season, if there is one, doesn't necessarily have to have one. So I think we'll start off with, we'll start off with the rookie of the year. So obviously, that's plain and simple, between Tia Maladon and Alexei Pokashevsky. I'll go first, and for me, it actually turned out to be a really easy decision, and that's Tia Maladon winning rookie of the year. He was with the Thunder the whole season. Obviously, Poku started... Not the best, went to the G League, came back a completely different player. Tio actually averaged the most minutes per game across the whole of the Thunder squad this season, which I thought was an outstanding stat, considering he's a rookie. But I think he's come on leaps and bounds this year. He's averaged more than 10 points a game, around about three and a half assists and rebounds a game. His IQ has developed over the season. I've got nothing but good things to say about Tio. He's obviously we've got him in the uh, Danny Green trade, I believe. I think so. I'm pretty sure that's right. Which obviously we won that trade straight away, getting Maladon in return. Um, we said from the start, from watching him, we were both excited from the very first podcast to see how he was going to develop. It's for me easy decision. Tio Maladon, rookie of the year. Are you with me there, Brandon, or are you going Poku? I'm shocked because I I knew you were going to pick Poku. I didn't even have a – I wasn't even worried about it. I was like, he'll pick Poku. I'll go with Maladon. Um, that's crazy. You know, for the body of work, since that's what the award we're doing is the whole entire season, it has to be Teo Maladon. Um, Poku was way too inconsistent. And as far as, you know, having a rookie be able to do – all the things that we needed Maladon to do this year in terms of stepping up and being a leader. Uh, maybe not so much of a leader, but in a sense, the role that he played when Shea went out, 
you got to give it to him. When you already talked about the minutes. Um, Were you aware of that? No, I could have sworn. I thought it was uh, Kenrich Williams, but I. How many? What was the average again? I don't know. I didn't see what the stat. I just either saw it as a quick, quick. uh, No, actually, I heard it on the uh, Topic Thunder podcast. Actually, shout out to them. But I heard it on there, and I I generally had to look at it, and I was like, no, that's not right, surely. But it generally was. I was going to look it up, but uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, Yeah. So for consistency, the sake of being consistent and doing all the things that you usually don't ask a rookie to do, you've got to give it to them, even if we're not looking at stats. I, I mean, I could see why people would be like, it's not Poku, but, um, or be surprised that we didn't pick Poku, but Poku had, I mean, Poku was all over the place this year, you know? So, I mean, I think it's a fair assessment. I like what you said there. No, that's fair enough. I, I knew you'd think I'd pick Poku. Obviously, we all know I'm a Poku guy, pre-draft. That's who I wanted. Still, still hold Brandon to this day that as soon as he was drafted, he was in the inbox saying, yeah, we got him. Poku, I still think we'll have the better career out of the two of them. Still stand by that, mm. but I do think that both of them are going to have really good careers. Uh, no disrespect to Poku at all. He's come on leaps and bounds since the start of the season. He had no shot at the start and towards the end of the season. Even, excuse me, when we were, what, 2-24, and 24, I think we finished the season on. He was getting good minutes. He was playing with a lot more confidence. So it's no disrespect, but T.O. wins... Over, overall by the minority for Rookie of the Year. So moving on, and I'm going to let you go first on this one. So next we're going to do next we're going to do the overall Player of the Year. Now, before I let you tell me who yours was, I'm just going to come across and say that it was actually really hard, considering the amount of games that some of our players have played. Shy has only played about thirty odd. Al Horford played about 30-odd, which for me was crazy. It was like a 72-game season, and Shai missed half of it. Mm-hmm. Like, crazy. Dort was getting rested. Baisley was injured for a stretch. Poku went to the G League. Ty Jerome went to the G League. Uh, Mike Muscala missed half a season for being sat. So it was a really hard decision. So I'm interested. Who is your player of the year? feel like it's the obvious one because you can only after everyone you only go one direction it's Kenrich Williams it has to be Kenny Hustle um because of the consistency factor and he was the only one I believe he might have missed one or two games but he damn near played the entire season and for what we were expecting to get in that trade I mean, there's nobody I could talk to before the season and tell me Stephen Adams gets traded for four players, whatever. One of them is going to be this guy, Kenrich Williams. You don't know too much about, but he's going to produce X, Y, and Z. I could pull up the numbers real quick um, while we're sitting here. But the fact that he we got that much production out of a guy basically, um, you know, who'd been hurt and – didn't not didn't really have much of an NBA resume. I think he did more for our team than anybody else because of the consistency, but also due to the fact that he was asked to do a lot of different. He was asked to wear a different amount of hats. You know, he was sometimes he'd be more involved on in the offensive end than others. He was always there for defensive purposes, but um, 
I just think I was most impressed with the performance that uh, Kenny Hustle gave us all year. So, yeah, the stats, he played 66 games, so he missed a little bit. Um, looks like he averaged about six. I thought he averaged more points per game. Okay, this year, yeah, eight points off of 53% shooting, 44% from three. His free throw percentage is terrible, but we'll work on it. That's mine. I can't, I can't argue with that. Like, you, you touched on it then, getting Kenrich Williams in a Stephen Adams trade. No one expected what we were going to get for him. He came to us on the back of a bad injury with no value whatsoever. And by the trade deadline, he had immense value where there was talk of getting a first for him. I can't argue with it. I think he's been outstanding this year. Obviously, got a nickname of Kenny Hustle. To get Hustle as part of your nickname is... There's no other way of saying it. The guy hustles, the guy puts an effort in every night. So I can't argue with it. So see, now this is vice versa. Because you expected me to go Poku. I expected you to go Kenny Hustle. I knew you knew. I already knew. So I'm not I'm not going Kenny Hustle on mine. My player of the year oh. is Isaiah Roby. For a guy who a lot of the fan base thought was going to get waived at the start of the season due to having too many players at the start. Uh, he only played three games in his rookie season due to an injury and obviously got traded from Dallas. I think he's come on leaps and bounds. He's shown his worth. He's shown he can be an NBA player, which I would not to criticise him too much. I'm not sure many people thought of him that way. Obviously, I said at the start of the season, I'm a big Roby guy. I haven't been wrong about any of my guys this year, in my opinion, anyway. But Roby's averaging about the nine marking points, six marking rebounds, and about four assists as well. Which for someone who plays, someone who plays three, four, five, they're not bad numbers. Um, he's generally been incredible. His IQ has worked. The only thing I wish he'd do is shoot his free ball a lot more, have a bit more confidence in his shot. There's been a few times this year where he's had an open shot and he's not taken it. Granted, sometimes it leads to assists, sometimes it doesn't. But, and he also wins like hairstyle of the year as well when he got his hair braided and no one recognised who he was. I certainly didn't anyway. I thought Shy had completely changed. But no, Roby wins my player of the year. He's been consistent. He's another one who's played 62 games, if my memory serves right, this year. So another one who's played a majority of the games compared to a lot of other people. He's worked on a lot of stuff and has got a lot better. And I've seen already on his Instagram, he's already training for next year. He's he's already in the gym working on stuff, which obviously you love to see. Now this, the next award... So, obviously, Player of the Year, OKC UK, Fundamentals, Player of the Year, Azaro Roby and Kenrich Williams. So, moving on, next award. Now, this one is the most improved player over the course of the season. This one, I'd be very surprised if we do have two separate players, but for me, it has been Lou Dort. Uh, again, we've seen how he's progressed from when he came into the league to how he was in the bubble to learn how he was this season. Three, in my opinion, three com- completely different players from when he entered the league, the bubble, and this season. They were completely different. 
He's just been an absolute warrior and workhorse this year. He's, his shot has come on a hell of a lot more. His layups have improved over the course of the season. He's still having that slight issue with maybe getting a bit too much pace on attacking the rim or being a bit too heavy-handed. But he's averaged, I think, like 15 points this year, which I think is incredible for someone who is labelled a defender. Like, would would Andre Roberson have got that? Who was probably, when he entered the league, the closest equivalent to Dort. And now it's got to the point, who do you compare Dort to in a couple of years? Marcus Smart, maybe? Being the closest Mm -hmm. equivalent that I can think of. But with with Dort as well, you get the friendship that he has with Shy as well. When they were sat on the sidelines, they were vibing every game, which is great to see when you've got your franchise player as well. But for me, most improved player, Lou Dort. Brandon. I I like the Lou Dort comparison, but for some reason I'm more interested in saying SGA. Here's why. So we look at SGA and what he did last year, right? He averaged about 19 points probably. Yeah, 19 points right on the head. Um, His assists were probably still nowhere near what they were this year. Okay, so last year, 19, 3, and about five rebounds so he averaged a little bit more this year in half sample size because we already talked about he only played five games close to 24 points averaging almost six assists and then his rebounds dropped from about close to six last year to about 4.7 this year but i just thought that the 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 leap that he took from um being Paul's wingman to more of the guy this season was really that for me that's my biggest takeaway from the season since I rarely found anything to get excited about with this team really every time Shea touched the ball or started I knew that okay here's the guy that we have for the future he is unlike any other player that I can really think of in terms of his control, uh, the way he sees the court, and just his length and athleticism are special to me. So the other part of that is, yes, he had a great year this year in about half as many games. Yeah, he was hurt. But think about what happens if we can link him up with a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Suggs. So for me, it's more of a – I thought I saw a little bit more decisiveness as opposed to last year. I thought he was more um, aware and in control of what he was doing on the court as opposed to like last year, I could make the argument that he didn't look all there at times, but I like where you were headed with Dort because I think that's an appropriate award. I just, for me, looking at the way SGA, those games that he had around the all-star break, that was like those prime Shay Gilgis. So I, I'm just hoping to see more of that translate over to next season since we didn't get a whole season with him. But that's I'm going with Shay. 
I'm sure we will see that next year. My, the only criticism I've really got of Shy this year is, especially towards the end of the season, it seemed to me like he had a bit too much to do himself, whether he didn't trust his teammates or he just wanted to do it all himself. That was the only criticism I had, but that came towards the end of the season. He was fighting his injury and stuff, so it's not really a, not really a big criticism. Um, you've obviously took the boring way out there, just choose an easy option. Obviously, Shy was getting some votes for most improved player anyway. But no, so the fundamentals, most improved player, Ludor and SGA. So I've written down an award for the flop of the year. Just just for a bit of balance. Because obviously where we are in the table, uh, where we are in the cup, where we finished in the conference, sorry, and the way we ended the season, surely there were some players who didn't play well. Now, in the end, I've just put a big X for it. So I don't think, me personally, I could give anyone the flop. The one... Really? Really. The only person who I considered potentially giving it to was Tony Bradley. But upon looking at some film and things like that, I decided against it. Now, based on other players on the team, like if you were to give the flop to maybe Darius Miller, that's just very harsh. He only played about 10 games for us this year. That's incredibly harsh to give it to him. Justin Jackson played well when given the minutes too. So I couldn't see where you could give it to. So because everyone hates him, I'm going to give... I'm not even going to give you an input on this award. I'm going to give the flop to a guy and... All right. Get based on that face, it looks like you generally think someone's flopped this year. I generally don't think, but I am going to say for me the flop of the year because I I have no one to criticise heavily. I'm just going to give it to Myers Leonard because no one likes him anyway. And technically, he was <laughs> uh, technically he was our player for a day or two, and he's a bit of a bell end, didn't he? But go on. I'm I'm intrigued to know. Surely you're not harsh enough Maybe. to give it to Darius Miller or. Justin Jackson, surely you're not that harsh. I wanted to say um, <laughs> Trevor Ariza. Said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even think of him. No, I'm that. giving my, – my biggest flop is Bay. It, it's who? And I know you want Darius Basley. Right. Um, you're either going to – we're either going to end that topic there or we'll, we'll stop the podcast right now. So I'm not retaking oh any Darius Baisley slander on this pod when all the criticism I, I'm he's say, got. Tom is so serious. Tom is so serious when he says he'll end the podcast. He literally, he will end it with, but I, it's not like a, I like what you're saying is you can't really give anybody a flop, but if you had to, if I had to, that would just be my first instinct. And then just because I expect more from him, we've talked about this before, we're not going to get into it. He's amazing. I just want more from him. I expect way more from him. But towards the end of the season, he was he was balling out. He was I just I think he would part of that was me trying to stir the pot with you a little bit, but also I think consider, that consider he was it stirred. I think I think that he was I think that he was legitimately hurt a lot more than we knew. Um, so you're so you're expecting more from a 20-year-old second year player who plays a power forward who most of his matchups as a starter are unfavorable. 
I get he did okay. Can we agree that he had an amazing year last year? <laughs> what as in his rookie year? Last year, yeah. Yeah, can we agree he, that he, he had he an amazing year? In that rookie year, he only started nine games. It's a completely different role. Hey, I'm just I okay. Next year is going to be basically basically season. So, so I am reaching into I'm, my microphone to reveal a bit of breaking news to the fundamentals fans, the guys who listen to this podcast. I mean, breaking news: this will be Brandon Dale's last ever appearance on the fundamentals podcast for Dar- Darius Baisley slander. I cannot believe it was a great run. Gotta make things interesting, Tom. Interesting. There's interesting, then there's a way to deliberately try and annoy me. I'm not deliberately trying to annoy you. I'm being (laughs) I I would never do that. I'm just saying that I that maybe he could have done a little bit more. That's all. It's not a flop. It's just I was a little bit let down. Why can't I feel that way? No, you're telling me my friends are wrong. Yes, I am. <laughs> no, you're you're entitled to your own opinion. That's 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 what stuff like this is for. Opinions. There'll be stuff I don't agree with, things that you don't agree with. Although that's been the worst take out of every single podcast that we've done so far, by far, by a stretch. End of conversation. Floppily year, Myers Leonard. It's not Darius Baisley. So moving on swiftly before this laptop gets thrown out my open window. And you will never get another Fundamentals podcast through your ears. Um, I've lost my track of thought now. Um, (laughs) So the next award, penultimate award, because I've added an extra award at the end that you don't actually know about. But it's an easy reward. Don't worry about it. But the last main award is for who's been your biggest surprise in terms of a player this year? Someone who has come in and you didn't expect them to have the impact that they have. And based on what you said a minute ago, you're not allowed to choose Kenny Hustle. Okay. Choose... We, we've, we've covered we've covered that already. So who else would you go for? Uh, Speed, certainly. Mikhailu. Good show. Because, I mean, I feel like you'd like that one. Um, and that's my opinion. But to be honest, I expected... So we got rid of Dilo, right? Um I was really upset about that. I was like, dang, why are we getting rid of one of our, I guess that's why he was our greatest asset, but in my mind it was a big piece moving forward. Um, but to get back a guy that can shoot for a guy that can't shoot and that still has somewhat of an athletic ability, um, I think was great. Also, I just really, I didn't expect anybody to be good from the Pistons coming over unless it was Blake Griffin. So I, I had no, um, I had no expectations. If anything, I was like, okay, this guy's going to sit on the bench. And he came in and produced, and he looked like he fit well. So, it's feed for me. No, it's a good shout. Reasons are there as well. Obviously, when Speed came in, we were just like, we've got a three-point shooter. And he's shown he's athletic. He can dunk a ball very well as well. He done it on his, de- on his debut, I think, because he had a couple of dunks. But for me, my biggest surprise this year and when I say it, I just expect you to just go, yeah, fair enough. And that's Ty Jerome. Mm-hmm. When he's come back from the bubble, he's been incredible. His passing vision and IQ, if he carries on, like, 
and has makes a career. Obviously, you don't know. I don't know the trajectory he's going to go on. But based on the vision that he has, that's like Chris Paul vision. Some of the passes and stuff that he's done this year, like it's been incredible. He's he's an outstanding teammate as well. You see him on Twitter and Instagram all the time, mm-hmm. talking with Shy and stuff. So you can see he gets on with all the boys. Which again, coming in in a trade and spending time in the G League, coming off an injury. You don't expect that unless they're a, a good guy. So, Ty Jerome gets bigger surprise of the year for me. Now, the final award is something I've added just now because I've got two, so I don't know how I'm going to narrow it down to one. So, I'll probably just say two. But I want to know what your moment of the year is, whether it be a play, a result, a coaching decision something in the media, something that's posted on Instagram. Is there anything that springs to your mind? First thing that comes to mind is the Lou Dort buzzer beater against San Antonio. I didn't think of that one. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, for some reason, I think it's because of who took the shot, the reaction. Um, feels better when it's against a team like the Spurs. Um, it was just, it, it felt like, I remember I texted a buddy afterwards and I was like, this is like March madness going on in a gym full of no fans. And to be that like emotionally involved and invested and excited about um, that game, because it didn't mean it was a meaningless game, but they were so excited for one another dogpiling. um, That lets me know that like the team is in a good, like, a good shape moving forward if that makes sense like it's good to have guys that care about each other that much and they're that enthusiastic about a game um when really the thunder were probably sitting at 13th in the west so i think that's for me the the moment of the year fair shout for me i've got two so i'm just going to say both of them one of them being justin jackson's three-pointer against the bucks that was similar to what you've just said. You could tell the team was together then. They celebrated. Al Horford went crazy. Like, and that, that, was, that game was an exceptional win as well. I'm tempted to watch it back, to be fair, because it was a really good game. Mm-hmm. And then the other one for me was Isaiah Roby, uh ankle break in Nikola Vucevic against oh. the Magic. I've got it on top shot as well. That's how much I love that moment. You got it on top shot? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's I got I got the Lou Dort free as well actually, but um no it was an incredible moment. It came out of nowhere and he, he broke an All Stars ankle pretty much, and it was a crazy finish. He knew what he'd done. It he was dis- it, it was disgusting. And when us UK fans are staying up till two three a.m. in the morning, and something like that happens, it it keeps you fired up. It keeps you awake. Mm. So no, there's a couple of moments for the years for us. So. That's it for the awards. I don't think anybody's uh, any awards were undeserved, apart from you know who, which I'm not going to go back into because otherwise we'll talk about that for another half hour. Um, so I just wanted to quickly sum up the season. Start start the season. George Hill, Al Horford, pretty much is the only vet we have. Mike Muscala, you can kind of class as a vet. There was obviously the clear identity to tank. We were competitive for God knows how many months of the season and then completely out of nowhere, I would say. Like 
we were still like a month to fan base. We were still like, yeah, we're tanking, we're tanking. But Al Horford was sat, Mike Muscala was sat, George Hill was traded, and then a proper tank happened, going two and twenty-four. So it does kind of make me think if we kept Al Horford, Mike Muscala playing, obviously George Hill, whether he's traded or not, I don't know where we would have finished. It would have been, I would have been quite intrigued to see that. Obviously, we wouldn't have been a low down, but how many more wins could we have picked up? I reckon somewhere between five and ten hmm. of that last twenty-six, I would say. But I, I said it on a podcast quite a few number of weeks ago on one of Tom's takes, saying how I've enjoyed this season. To, to pretty much the same level as last season. And last season's going to take some topping in terms of the enjoyment and how into the season we all got as a fan base. But I've enjoyed this season. I've enjoyed watching the team progress, especially a young team who are... They're, they're playing for their future. They're playing for a, a spot in the league. Like They're playing for a low-seeded team. So a lot of these players, whether they're expiring or whatnot they're playing for their futures in the league and it's been fun to see like it's been nice to watch a season and because they're so young and they're still learning not be too angry at the players like last season we obviously had Stephen Adams, Chris Paul, Gallinari, Schroeder just to name a few off the top of my head that if they've done something wrong you'd be angry at them because they've been in the league long enough to know that they've done something wrong whereas when you've got the offensive stretch that Baisley went through when he struggled for between five to ten games. He was like, what's going on with Bays? He sorted it out by the end of the season. Moses Brown with his footwork when he came into the league. His footwork was all over the place. Yes, he could grab rebounds, but he worked on it over the course of the season. And that's just to name a couple there. Tio Maladon was turnovers galore at one point. Mm-hmm. They worked on their game and it was that's what made me enjoy it more was seeing the results of what these players were working on. So for me, this this season has been fun. Yes, it's been hard staying up till two, three o'clock to see us get blown out by Portland and that like what was it, fifty three points that we lost by or something. Like that they're such hard games to stay up for. But when I got myself into the mindset of win or lose, I don't care. As long as these players are trying to show their worth and improve their game. That's all I cared about, and that's all I actually started watching for. But for me, it's been fun. Have you got anything to add to that in terms of how you've seen the season go? Um, I, I was thinking about this before I jumped on. Um, it was just really hard to stay engaged. And as a person covering the team, you hate that because I was thinking about, I was like, what's going on tonight? Who's playing and what game? Like, I'm excited. I'm so excited for the playoffs, you know. Um, I didn't get that excitement this season. However, I got excited for, I guess, moments and, and I guess glimpses ahead of the future and what this team could look like. But I was so discouraged with the tanking. Um, I'm not a big tank guy. I never have been because uh, – we did all that and in the end we probably won't even land Cade, you know um and so it's just kind of I, I worry about the development of the players there's a lot of things on that end but in terms of the season i thought the best part of it was the team the team's resilience and the fact that they didn't care about 
uh, whether or not we were tanking or what our record was or what the outside noise was. It was just all about playing basketball. And, you know, it's when your job is, when this is your job every day, it, I'm sure that can be stressful, but at the same time, it is a game and uh, you get emotionally invested, whether you're a fan or you play it. Um, and so the fact that they were still locked in for more times than not was that's, that's, just, that's just enough for me, you know? Yeah. It sucks to lose and it sucks to be at the bottom of the West. And then when you're actively losing, um, but also we've been spoiled as Thunder fans too. So I think that if this is something that we have to go through to get to a better point, then I'm, I'm with it. I'm for it. But um, yeah, to be honest, it, I like that you said that it, it was good for you in terms of last season. This season was about the same. I think that's cool because I, I struggled with this season and I, that's just me being honest and um, not holding anything back. It was tough. It was tough for me. So I'm sure, I'm sure we probably see it slightly different as well because obviously I've only been a Thunder fan for five years. You're, as far as I'm aware, born and live in OKC. So you've been a fan your whole life. So since the franchise has come to Oklahoma, you've had that one losing season in the first season and you've had, what, 10 years, 10, 12 years of success off the back of that. And you, you look, that, that one losing season that we had set us up for 12 years so this is what this is what i say about the tank yeah i'm the same i don't want to see us lose no one wants to see the team you love lose but when you think about not just Kay cunningham you you look at the rest of this draft class this draft class is getting even better i've been i've been spending some time this week looking at scotty barnes and uh james boonight boonight book night however you say his name i'm not Mm. too sure but they're two guys who are currently projected to go outside the top five who, to me, are looking phenomenal talents. And then you still got the likes of Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Suggs, the other Jalen, uh, Jalen Johnson, who I think is tipped to go number eight, uh, Evan Mobley. So for me, obviously number one's the, the goal. But for me, if, like, if we got three, for example, just three, I'm going to take that due to the strength of the class that is coming into the league. Like you're gonna get a good player out of it, but obviously the end goal is to try and get Houston's pick and our own pick. You never know; we might get our own pick at number two, and Houston's might go at five, so we might have two and five. So I think we'd have two, we'd have two and four, right? It would go to Houston, wouldn't it? It's top four protected. Oh, sorry. Yep, it is top four. But you've you've we've both summed it up well pretty much to be fair those who are anti-tankers we don't like it we me me and brandon are both for the tanks we know it favors the franchise in the long run do we enjoy it no you just think of other ways to enjoy a season how i have done this year in watching the youngsters develop pick up what they have worked on over the course of the season and be proud of the guys that they've developed their game and they're making themselves nba players and making themselves noticed so, yeah, that, that sums up the season pretty well, I think. So I'll leave it there in terms of a sum up. So before we move on to the good. next, before we move on to the next topic, I just wanted to sum up someone we've spoke about the last couple of times on the podcast as well, and that's Coach Dagnall as well. What are your thoughts now the season's done with Coach? He's, I've, I, I think personally he's been outstanding for what he's had to work with. Uh, I, I'll put him in the class of. 
I think he'll be like the next probably Eric Spolstra, if not better, um, in terms of just starting out and not knowing anything about a guy. And having he's got he's got the he's got the respect of everybody. He doesn't do that. Um, he doesn't coach personalities. He I can name some coaches that coach personalities. Uh, Scott Brooks was one of them. You know, I think Billy Donovan did it to an extent. He was kind of more X's and O's guy. But um, Dagnall is I think he you're going to get he's consistent and he remains the same with everybody. And he has one goal and he preaches the same stuff and guys buy into that because he's not pandering to one or another. And for his first year, I think if you look at the record, it's not going to make you go, wow, what a coach. But if you look at the what's going on out of timeouts, coaches challenges, we talked about um, just X's and O's and guys buying it, even interaction with players. You know, we t I think we talked about the, the Baisley argument a little bit and whether or not that was an argument. I think we came to a conclusion that it was more of just competitive, yeah. Yeah, competitive, uh, two competitive guys just wanting to win. And so that, that's the type of stuff that you don't really hear about and you don't necessarily will see unless you're really tuned into this team and to what's going on in the future. I, I think the Thunder usually rotate coaches every seems like it's been like every four ish years now. Um, I think he'll be going ahead. He'll probably be the guy for the next 10 years, unless he gets, that's probably a little bit long of a stretch, but you know, for the next, however long, unless he decides to leave and go somewhere else. Cause I think he's that good. Yeah. I, I completely agree to be fair. He's come into the league. Uh, obviously had experience with the OKC blue being their head coach, got the promotion. Obviously when, uh, Billy left. The, the names that were rumoured weren't outstanding. Obviously, we had a couple of good coaches being lined up. Obviously, I wanted Mo Cheeks to step up, but he followed uh, Billy to Chicago, which obviously upset me a bit because everyone loves Mo Cheeks. He's a great, he's a great guy. But no, I I've been really impressed with Dagnall. He's had limited stuff to work on. Um, you've pretty much said what all the positive things are there in terms of little bit of criticism I might have for him. Maybe two things are some of his rotations at times are a bit iffy, a mm. uh, bit, bit questionable, but tanking season, he can get away with that. And then the only other thing was would be maybe a bit of identity. I don't really see what type of coach he wants to be, whether he's going to be like a Mike D'Antoni seven-second type coach or whether he's going to be like a Billy Donovan and focus on defence. But that will come with time when the players come in, I believe, when we identify what players are going to be with us long term and mm. obviously start competing. Because when you're tanking, your identity doesn't really matter. But yeah. that's my thoughts on Coach. He's, he's been great this year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to him. I agree in what you say. I think he's going to be with us for a number of years. And I've got no issues with that whatsoever. Mm. So what while we're talking about the coaching staff, we'll move on to the front office. It's kind of a kind of a Tom's take, but it's not. This season kind of has the potential, uh, as in this off season, kind of has the potential to be one of the best ever off seasons. Say, for example, that we land Houston's pick at number one, and then our pick falls at five because ours is now confirmed at being topped 
eight, I believe. Right. So now that that's the case, so a top eight pick plus plus Houston's number one. If we draft Cade, and then the amount of good youngsters that we have in this team, plus Shy, he's got potential with the assets we have to go out and do pretty much whatever he wants to do. Do you see there being any sort of good off season? Like, do you think a good draft lottery might make Sam Presti go, well, you know what, we could probably compete again? Or do you think we could be in for another season of tanking? So I'm, I'm kind of on the line at the minute. I don't know where I stand. I think it could be another season of tanking. There's another really strong draft class coming in next year. But the potential could be there. What's your thoughts? Based on what I know and what I heard, um, I listened to Cade's first podcast that he did, that he's done yet, um, I think Thursday, no, Wednesday. Um, and his words, his quote, his actual quote was, um, in terms of what he wanted to do next year, just getting into the league, he, he said, I want to make the playoffs the first year. I don't want to have any of this. Um, you know, I think even JJ Reddick started laughing at him. But the fact that he wants to be competitive, um, right away, I think that's the only way that we don't tank next year is if we do get Cade. Because like you said, I think the only way we do get Cade is if we get that Houston pick. And if we get the Houston pick, then we're talking. Because then we get two high-class guys in that first uh, one through eight, one through ten, whatever it is. That can lead you to talk about, hey, maybe Al Horford sticks around. Because that's the only way he will stay around is if if there's a team with him, you know. Um, if not, you flip Horford for something else, you'll get something back in return for Al Horford. Um, but in terms of a little bit other off-season stuff that you could do, there's really not much. You really have to bank on this draft going well. Um, we'll see. Sam Presti is always good at figuring something out. But I think that depending on how so to answer your question depending on how the draft goes that's how um we we can gauge whether or not there's going to be major offseason moves but if we just have a good draft that might be that might be the end game anyways and he might just say let's see what we got because Cade and SGA and even just a 75% version of Al Horford or hey trade Horford for Porzingis I don't know you could do Porzingis no, you could no. do you don't want Porzingis and uh no. he could be like the Poku the Poku sensei you don't like that I don't want Porzingis anywhere near the thunder Poku KP together no okay K I'm just K KP is one of the worst is probably the worst defender for a big man in the league he's terrible he's awful he you know how much they pay him to be that bad exactly it's gross. But so I don't, I'm not saying, I'm just throwing out ideas because Al Horford has that type. When you think of Al Horford, you know, you're getting back something that is 30 million, at least um, you don't want to absorb a bad contract, but if you get Cade and uh, Cade would literally, he would literally solve so many problems in just one quick little draft pick. Other than that, I think it's going to be kind of, up in the air, like kind of what you were talking about. I think it'll be hard to figure out if we don't get them. So, 
fair play, fair assessment as well. So again, moving on to what is the last segment before I sum up uh, the podcast. Uh, so I said to you uh, about two weeks ago or a week ago, whenever I gave you the agenda, that I wanted us to discuss who's going to be on the Thunder next year. So I wrote down uh, 17 players who are currently contracted with the Thunder. Did you do this, by the way? Have you circled or ticked who you think stays and goes? Yeah, I was actually going yeah. over it again right now. So, so before I jump onto names, out of the 17, I'm not counting Charlie Brown, Josh Hall, or Jalen Horde. I haven't counted them. So take it down to 14. Out of the 14, I only have eight of the players staying. How many do you have staying before we jump into names? He's forgot how to count. Six or seven. I'm sorry. It's just because it's not – I can't – I have a hard time seeing this team together again. So I'll, I'll start alphabetical order. Darius Baisley stays with the team. What do you have? Whether or not he stays or goes, he's staying. Yeah, stays. Uh, Tony Bradley, expiring contract, goes. I'm with you. Uh, Moses Brown stays. I kind of lean to he's out of there. Oh, really? Yeah. Traded? I think you could... I think you could get something from Moses Brown. Not a lot. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what he can do. I just have a hard time seeing. I feel like he's an Eastern Conference type of player, if that makes any sense. Fair enough. It's interesting, though. You see what I'm saying? No, that makes sense. It's interesting, though. I really like Moses Brown. I I like him, too, but I just don't know if he fits with this group of guys. Fair enough. Gabriel Deck. Traded. I think there's seen enough there that it will get traded as part of a bit of a sweetener. Ludor, traded. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I just had to see your face. Ludor stays. I'm with you. SGA, obviously stays. Stays. Uh, Al Horford, traded. Okay. I'm with you there. You're with me. Ty Jerome, I didn't like saying this. But I've tr- I've got him here traded. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Uh, Tio Maladon obviously stays. Yeah. Uh, Mike Muscala expiring contract stays. You don't think he's gone? I think based on how he spoke about the Thunder on the That's topic why. on That's the why. on the topic Thunder podcast, how he spoke about the Thunder on that pod. And how he, when he done his exit interview, he was near enough crying about how much he loves OKC. When you've got a guy like that, if he's happy on the money he's getting, just give him another year. Mm. Like he's he's a he's a good player, a good person. There's no need to get rid of him unless, if I was Sam Presti, I'd be like, explore the market, see if you can get yourself a bit more money. If not, you have a contract there waiting for you. I think you convinced me that he's going to stay, but I, for some reason, think that he'll be gone. But what you just said makes me think that he'll resign. Savi Mihailuk, expiring contract, gone. I don't think, yeah, 
I think he's gone as well. Yeah. Uh, Pokoshevsky stays. Isaiah Roby stays. And then Kenny Hustle traded. Did you say gone? Cut trade, out. Traded right. for Kenny Hustle. Okay, so... I don't think we can get away with having that contract on our team any longer. You might be right, but I, I'm more inclined to go Roby gone, Kenny stays. But that's just based off of gut. Based off of nothing else more than a, a feeling. Um, no, that's, 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 that's fair enough. So I did say to Brandon as well that um, with this, it is a bit of a challenge between the two of us. We will give ourselves some marks when it comes to uh, the first game of the season. When it comes to the first game of the season, I'll ask for his results. So make sure you don't change him. Or like I've got mine ticked on a bit of paper, so you'll see if I change mine. Um, so, yeah, we'll give some points out the first game of the season. Before I wrap up, when we done the game previews weeklies, we gave our predictions each week. You'll all be happy to know that I won that 5-3. I was trying to come back and it didn't work. No. And so you lost to someone who's only followed the sport for five years. So uh, just, just throwing <sighs> that out there as well, you know, make myself big-headed. But no, that's, that's all to really talk about in terms of the season. Um, obviously, I just want to say for before we wrap it up that over the summer, over the course of the off-season, obviously it's the off-season for the funder, not really for the NBA yet, but there will be the occasional podcast. Uh, they won't be weekly. Obviously, there's not a lot to talk about unless something drastic happens and we'll try and get an impromptu podcast together to talk about what happens, but there'll be some special podcasts over the next or over the course of the off season. I've been in talks with Thunder Film Room to get him on, who's exceptional with his knowledge with what he puts on Twitter. I've got some content ideas as well for potentially having four or five people on a pod at the same time and to do sort of like a game, which should be quite fun. Brandon does know about that. He's pulling a, I don't know about that, but you do know about that. I have told you. Oh, um, no. I, yeah, no, I do know. Okay. But to sum up, before uh, before I end the pod, just need to say a couple of thank yous. First of all, Brandon, you've approached me towards the start of this season, wanted to be a contributor. You've come in, you've done written work. You've been my co-host on all but one pod, I think. Uh, so... A massive thank you for you. You're exactly the same as me. You do this completely unpaid out of your own free time. So I can't thank you enough for being a co-host and contributing with me. I look forward to working with you hopefully again next season. Yeah, certainly. It's It's been a good, not to cut you off, it's been a highlight of my just weekly or monthly or whenever we get to do it. It's always fun because it's just cool. You you start to figure out that you're when when you love basketball as much as we do, you understand that you're not, it's not like, you don't like it as much as like normal people do. You know what I mean? We're more of, uh, so getting to talk with people that are obsessed with the sport and love the Thunder, it is, um, it is a treat to say the least. So I appreciate uh, you helping me out because you helped open other doors for me in terms of getting to do paid work in other outlets. So um, I can never thank you enough for that. Not to get emotional on the podcast. Yeah, you're crying already. It's fine. Uh, no, 
I echo that. It's it's been fun. Obviously, being from the UK, basketball's not huge in this country. Obviously, it's growing, but it's not huge. So it gives me enormous pleasure to be able to talk to people from the United States. I have a lot of what I would call links to people in Oklahoma now. So it makes me feel a bit a lot closer to the franchise. Um, big thank you to the players and everyone to do with the franchise for giving us something to talk, talk about all the time. Shout out to the funder for uh, following me this year. That was a personal highlight. Huge, huge deal. It's why I set out for the page. And it, it kind of made me want to continue doing it and put more effort into it. Uh, also, a massive shout out as well to everyone who's appeared as a guest so far on these podcasts. Uh, Brandon Rabar, Joe Holbert, Dylan from Funder Chats, uh, JD. Mm-hmm. Shout out all those guys as well. They've come on and given exceptional comments about the funder. So it's been great to talk to them. And of course, thank you to every single one of you that's been listening when these episodes go out. It's been a lot more well-received than what I thought it would be in terms of the views that we, uh, the listens that we get. And obviously without those views, we wouldn't still be doing this. For you guys, the fans who take time out, to listen to this so brandon thank you season's over look out for content on podcasts over the coming weeks subscribe rate us on google or spotify or apple music or apple Podcasts, whatever you use let me know what you think and of course overall remember thunder up always got to thunder up thank you guys